Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Show Me Show podcast for episode 60. Big 6 0. Shout out to Babe Ruth. Um, on today's show, we have a packed, packed show. Get ready. Buckle in for this one. We got a lot. It'll probably take us a while. So we'll start off with the Cardinals and the atrocity that they are right now. Talk about what's going wrong, all the stuff that's going on with them in the three weeks that it's been since we've uh, we've talked about them. Um, we also got some NFL draft recap, which Cam mentioned seemed like years ago, um, but it was actually two weeks ago. So we'll recap some of that, what happened, and then we will do some NBA and NHL playoffs talk um, about some of the important games. Maybe get into how the NHL is rigged a little bit during tough scene of the week. And then uh, we'll finish with say hello, kiss it, goodbye. Um, I'm Luke with my co-host Cam on the right there. He was missing at the very beginning. And this episode is sponsored by Dr. Pepper. You deserve something that tastes the Dr. Pepper. Sure, right. I want one. Damn it. Well, I have a whole fridge full of them, courtesy of Dr. Pepper. But... uh <laughs> yeah, let's get into the show. Cardinals. Cardinals. I think we agree that that's what we're leading off with. Um, I was actually a little bit late to record here. We were supposed to record and Cam was texting me like, dude, hurry up. I was I was just ranting to my dad about the Cardinals because it's uh it's it's that point. It's that point where I'm just I'm so angry at them, but yet they have me hooked. I'm watching every game still. And it's because I'm not angry at the players. I'm rooting. I'm rooting for the players. I'm rooting for us as fans, you know, so that we get to see some wins. Because losing is not fun for anyone, um, especially when you do it a lot, like the Cardinals have this year. Uh, man, I am angry at not the players particularly, a little bit, but not really. Just the management of this entire team. It's turned into a circus, basically. Um, so much is starting to get out there. A few weeks ago, we had the player that was it used to be in our minor league systems. Uh, I forget what his name was, but he he's out of the uh, system now, and he never came up to the big leagues. So a lot of people probably don't know who he was. But he said basically that you know the uh, player development director came to their team one time and basically just said, uh, "Don't try to strike anyone out. Just try to get everyone out or on base within three pitches, which is a very weird philosophy and not modern at all. That's a very 1980s thing to think about. So clue number one, we're using uh, baseball philosophies from the 1980s. Then we had the Contreras thing that went on. That was just a complete disaster um, where they told him he wasn't catching anymore because basically he was the reason for the pitching sucking, even though Everyone and their mom knew going into the season that the pitching was the weak part of this roster. But no, apparently the new catcher who just signed to a massive deal, who you probably want to treat right because you're giving him $17 million a year and he just came over from your rival, the Chicago Cubs. You probably want to treat him a little, you know, nice. You welcome into the welcome him into the family a little bit. But instead, you're just throwing him under the bus for something that is obviously not his fault. And you're starting, not to mention, the guy that you're starting at catcher is somehow one of the worst hitters in the entire MLB right now um, only has like two or three extra base hits on the year. And ah, but he's swinging a hot bat right now. That's a if fact. The hot, if the hot bat is going over seven over the past uh, two games, then I guess you could call that hot. But I, I, that's not my version of hot. Um, me personally, I think the last time he got a hit was Monday. I think he actually had an RBI double. Um, 
Let's let's just check the box score real quick on that. Oh, never mind. He was over three. Two strikeouts on Monday. I, I stand correct. Maybe that was Tuesday I'm thinking of. I he had a he had an RBI double recently. Yes, there it is. Two for fourth an RBI double. Yeah, he did something. But the pitching the pitching numbers are a little bit better with Andrew Kisner behind the plate, but it's not like a significant amount where I think we really need to be making a big deal out of it. And also putting him in the outfield, I was told by multiple people in the higher ups of the Cardinals front office that we had an outfield problem. We had too many outfielders, and this was all going to get sorted out. I was told we had six outfielders this year, one of them being the number one prospect in baseball. He, he currently now is the number one prospect in baseball. He's number four at the beginning of the year. He started out the year for like the first two weeks. He didn't like set the world on fire or anything, but he was doing very good. He had a 12-game hit streak to start his career, which is an MLB record, by the way. Um, he was getting on base. He, he was hitting the ball hard, too. I mean, he wasn't tearing it up or anything, but he was certainly on his track to, you know, once he gets comfortable, to start tearing it up. And right when that happens, we, of course, uh, bench him and then send him down to the minor leagues. That didn't make any sense. Tyler O'Neill gets hurt, but he... I don't know what's up with him anyway. He, he that that thing that was number two, um, you know, with the whole thing, the Tyler O'Neill thing. We we talked about that earlier. It's just a disaster right now in the Cardinals organization. They have the worst record in the National League in mid-May, um, and our next three opponents are the Boston Red Sox at Fenway, who they're currently a playoff team, the Milwaukee Brewers, who I think they're probably in first place right now, and if not, I don't know how, because the Pirates have won like two out of their last eleven games. And then we have the L.A. Dodgers, who are also first place in their division. Those are the next three opponents, so it's not looking up. And our pitching, our starting pitching is one of the worst in all of baseball, other than, like, the A's and the Mets. And the A's aren't even trying to win games. They're literally purposely trying to lose games. So I don't even count them in the stat, really. Um, and don't even get me started with the two strikes. Our, our pitchers with two strikes somehow just hitters have a better chance to get a hit with two strikes than they do with no strikes against our pitching. I don't know how that happens, um, but it's just a complete disaster right now. And uh, I'm not even going to, I know we did like the recap at the, uh, the first Cardinals corner we did like where we recapped the week. And then the last time I went back, but it's been I think, like three or four weeks since we've done that. It's been close to a month. Just because we haven't we haven't had a normal show in a long time, we took last week off. I forgot to mention that um, we were busy with finals and Cam was a little sick, so we took last week off. But we did tweet that out, so if you follow our Twitter, you would have known. And uh, so it's been a long time since we've recorded, and it, so much has happened that we we can't get to all of it in this episode. That it's just it's just not going to work like that. But um, during that time, we. Not counting the last four games we've played. Um, so, Cam, the last time that we recorded a Cardinals corner was three weeks ago. Uno, dos, tres. It's 21 days. Now, if you don't count the last uh, four days, four games, do you know how many games that we had won in those three weeks? In those two and a half weeks, how many games we won? Take a guess. I think three or four. Uh, you would be wrong. We actually won two. I thought so, we had it. We're on a three-game winning streak, though. I, not counting that. Like, before the before that three-game winning streak. Oh, okay. So, technically five. 
technically five, and that, but in three weeks, twenty-one days, we've won five games. Uh, that is, that's not what you want to. That's not what you want to be doing. If uh, you're the the St. Louis Cardinals organization, who you pride yourself on being consistently good year in and year out, you pride yourself on the Cardinal way. You know, winning. You know, dedicating everything you can, and uh, basically. Most every move you've made in the last five years or so has not been dedicated to winning. So, other than the Arnado trade, that was a that was very much a move dedicated to winning. But that was a Mo situation, um, and Mo John Mozeliak, he is one of the most controversial topics right now. Cardinals fans are calling for his head right now. I am not. I don't think he's the problem. I don't think he's the issue. I think he's actually a really good. Uh, GM or president of baseball operations, which is what he's doing right now, but he's still kind of like doing the GM stuff. Um, I think he's brought in some really good players. He has his free agent signings are a little bit weak, but you know, he's starting to get better with that Pujols one last year, Contreras this year. We'll see how that one pans out, but um, free agent signings are weak, but he's brought in a lot of good trades and you know what he does? He, He creates a winning culture. I mean, we haven't had a losing season since 2007. Some of those seasons we've missed the playoffs, which is not what you want to do either. But he's been very good at getting us to the playoffs, giving us a chance to you know, compete for the World Series. I don't think he's the problem. The problem is not being able to, to develop talent. Cam, when was the last time we had a homegrown superstar pitcher that we, we drafted or traded or far earlier on? We you know, developed him in our system our farm system, and he excelled for us for many years. Not for many years, but we've got we've got plenty of Cardinal alumni scattered throughout the league, Zach Gallon. No, 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 I'm talking about for the Cardinals. Not <laughs> not another team developed like Zach Gallon. I, mean, I don't I, I don't have an answer for you. I Yeah. Exactly. I, I can only think of Cardinal alumni. Okay. Well, the last true one I would say would be Adam Wainwright. And that you know how long he's been here. But if you want to talk about, you know, developing and, and you know, being good in the league until their first contract, I'd say Lance Lynn was probably the last guy we actually developed and turned into a good pitcher. And he left in free agency, and he was actually better, you know, when he signed with Minnesota, when he signed with the Rangers. He's been better. Now, he's having a little bit of a rough year at the White Sox, but he's also getting up there in age, and he's been good for the White Sox for many years now. He's almost been a better pitcher since he's left this organization. It's not a surprise that all of the pitchers that are coming up to the major league level, particularly starting pitchers, aren't succeeding at all. That's a huge issue. I don't think it's a coincidence. And you mentioned the Cardinals alumni, uh, Zach Gallon, Sandy Alcantara, um, which happened to be in one trade, by the way, the Marcel Azuna trade. And uh, needless to say, we hate him. Um, maybe not his fault, but also kind of his fault. So. We hate him. Sandy Alcantara, Zach Gallon, they re- both were traded to Miami, um, and then Miami traded Gallon for Jazz Chisholm, which he is now a stud for you know the Miami Marlins. Miami developed Sandy. He won the Cy Young last year. Arizona has developed Zach Gallon to be the pitcher he is today, and you know what? He is on track to compete for the Cy Young this year, and he was a really good pitcher last year. Um, and why it's not a surprise that we have all this talent. We have all this talent because Randy Flores is a fantastic scouting director. He sees these guys 
in other organizations in college, in high school. And he can pick out the talent, and he wants those guys in our organization. He does a great job of that. It's not a surprise why you see all these guys that were in our system go and excel other places. Some of them, hitters especially, they go through our system and excel in the major leagues here in St. Louis because he can spot the talent. He is a great scouting director. That's not the problem. It's the development. It's the management. The management has been awful. Um, starting with Ali Marmol, I, I don't want to you know, harp on him for too long. I don't think he's like a huge issue, but he hasn't done a great job. I'll say that. I, I don't think he should be fired, but he hasn't. He hasn't. You can't look at him and be like, oh, he's done a fantastic job. You just can't do that. Um, especially after what's transpired this year. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just it's just a mess right now. And then Zach Gallon, just a few hours ago, he went on um, the, I don't know what the podcast name is, but it's with A.J. Pruszynski, who uh, used to catch for the Cardinals for like a year and a half. He backed up Yachty. He does the show with one of his co-hosts. And Zach Gallon went on that podcast and was he talked about being a Cardinal and in their organization. And he, uh, he was like, yeah, they wanted me to go to this camp in the off season. He's like, and they don't pay me in the off season. Cause I'm just like some minor league prospect. They don't pay me at all. And I had something already scheduled on the date of this camp. And so I told him I couldn't go, but I'd go to the next one if I could. And so he went to the next one, but he also had something. And he, he was like, oh, I told him I could come for a few days, but then I'd have to leave and go do something. Like he had like a wedding or maybe a funeral or something. It was something of, pretty late you now importance and he got to the second one and they basically told him uh we don't need you and then like on his drive back he got traded so um it, that was it, that's certainly a pretty weird thing to think about that we just potentially maybe traded a guy just because he didn't show up to an offseason camp that you're not paying him for but you know, a Cy Young caliber pitcher at that uh man I I had a rant that I wrote out last week. I went to the Cardinal game on Wednesday last week when Otani pitched against us, and he only threw five innings, but he still struck out 13 batters, um, which was a cool game. It was cool to see a guy like that in Shohei Otani that can just dominate. He also had three hits. I mean, it's just he does that day in and day out, and it's just so cool to see someone like that be able to, you know, captivate the fans of the sport and and really just bring him in. Um, and that was really cool to see. But we also blew a lead that game, which was very fun because the guy at, behind us in the ninth inning was like, oh, man, Otani's going to get his first loss of the year to us. How about that? And then the very next pitch, Jake Lamb just rips 440 over the right field wall, which um, was kind of poetic, you know, to how the Cardinal season has been going so far this year. But I laughed at that home run. I remember that one. And then our good friend Mike Trout right after. Yeah, good friend, if you will. But um, I laughed at that one. I laughed at the Mike Trout one, um, and it was it was a combination of us just like doing it again, you know, like oh man, here we go again, and also the combination of all the boos that were going on. Now I didn't boo in that scenario. I did boo at the end of the game whenever they lost and they were they're running off the field because I did promise the people of Twitter that if they lost and played like that again, I would boo. So I, I booed a little bit there, and I wasn't just booing the players. Let, let's make that out. The fans in that ballpark were not just booing the players um, for their bad performance, which, you know, they've, they've turned around this last week. They've been starting to win some games. They were booing, you know, the countless years of just ignorance. They were booing 
particularly how our president of baseball operations just flat out lied to the fans point blank this offseason saying they were going to increase payroll and they increase it like $10,000, which doesn't even, that's, that's my salary. I am a part-time minimum wage employee and you raised your MLB payroll, my salary. That doesn't, that, that's not an increase in payroll. That does not count. I'm sorry. Um, so that was a flat out lie. Um, the fact that you're year in and year out telling us we're World Series contenders when we're obviously not. Um, it, it was just a, a culmination of the fans just being done with the management and this regime. And uh, you know, there's been speculation that this might be John Mosellock's last year, um, that he might just you know step back and kind of retire because he's been doing this a while. He's starting to get up there in age. Um, his kids are starting to get to the college age where they're moving out. It might, he's kind of just like, oh, yeah, you know what? It might be time for me to retire and just enjoy my life, you know, um, which I wouldn't blame him. You know, he's been very good at his job for many years. Uh, he's won a World Series, two NL championships. But this is just, it's just getting to a breaking point right now. And I've been talking an awful lot through this. So I'm going to let you get, get, get your uh, word in here, Cam. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't have a lot, but you, and you can take this analysis how you will, especially you, Luke. Uh, I, I was talking to Jacob Michael Baldwin last Saturday. So like I said, take this how you will. Um, and what this was last kinda, Saturday when we were on an eight-game losing streak. So for context. Yes, in the evening, if that yes. adds some context. Uh, <laughs> uh, so anyway um, – I think, you know, we sat down, we're talking about the Cardinals. Um, and I think we both came to the agreement that John Mosellac, as you just said, has done some great things for the Cardinals and he has had a great tenure with the Cardinals. Um, but at the end of the day, um, he's had a, about a million different managers and, most GMs in any sport do not get to have that many different managers. Um, and like I said, he had a great tenure. Um, but I think this is actually a situation, Luke. And obviously there's no noise around this. This is just Cam and Jacob Michael Baldwin analysis here. Um, we both thought, like, this could be a situation where we could see a mutually parting ways type of situation between John Mosellac in the Cardinals after this season. And uh, obviously with that, possibly canning Marmel too, but focusing on John here, um, it could be a situation where we mutually part ways. And like you said, he might just retire. And, but me and Jake both also sat and talked and we're like, John is definitely good enough to stay in the business if he wants, even though it's really hard to get, a GM baseball job. There's just not that many to go around and there's just, uh, well, obviously, and it's just a really hard position to get appointed to in major league baseball, but he can do it because he has the resume to show for it. And so if he wants to continue to do this, he can, but I do believe that um, unless something crazy happens, like they won a world series, um, I think they will mutually part ways. And that's just a shot in the dark, but I just think that's, probably something that we could actually end up seeing um well we could yeah. like uh what theo epstein the the cubs gm for their 2016 world series broke their curse and the gm of the 20 2004 red sox when they broke their curse 
um, like he did. He's a legendary GM. He went and worked in the offices of the MLB. I could see John Mozeliak doing something like that where he goes and works for MLB because they do tend to hire like high prominent guys like that to go out and see how they can improve their sport and stuff like that. I could see him doing something similar along those lines if he doesn't take another job. Um, but it it is interesting because, you know, we're talking about the Cardinals organization kind of being in shambles. And we're talking about, you know, the managers. He's been through four managers, which one of them did retire on him. So not really his fault. Um, so basically he's, he's fired two managers is all he's, you know, he's only fired two managers. The, the pitching coach and the hitting coach in the offseason willingly left the organization on their own terms. Jeff Albert said he, he put it on the fans because he did get a lot of fan criticism, not from me. At, early on in his tenure, I criticized him. I became a fan of his when I saw some of the development he was doing in the minor leagues and his hitting lab that he had. A lot of those guys came up, and they were starting to do I – mean, some of those guys, Brendan Donovan, Nolan Gorman, some of the guys you're seeing right now um, in this Leighton Lars Newt bar. Um, Juan Yepes is a product of that. All those guys came up in his system. He left the org, and he went – and he's now the Mets hitting coach, which they're having their own problems right now. But, you know, it's not something that's just going to pop up, you know, within a month of you being there. So Mike Maddox – he didn't, he didn't cite any reasons. He said he was just going to take a step back, and then he actually ended up leaving, and now he's the pitching coach of the Texas Rangers, who have one of the best starting rotations in baseball. Um, and then also Matt Holiday. I don't know if you remember Matt Holiday. He was going to be the bench coach this offseason after Skip Schumacher took the Miami Marlins manager job. Matt Holiday was hired to fill that bench coach role, and a few days later... He was like, actually, I'm not going to do that. And he cited it. He's like, actually, I, I overstepped my boundaries. I'm going to you know, continue to spend more time with his family, which could be true. You know, He might have just been like, you know what? Maybe I don't want to do this. Um, he got caught up in the Cardinals lore, maybe. And he's, and he's I actually, I got, you know, I want to just stay home with my family. My son is about to be you know, a <laughs> major league stud for the Orioles. Um, but also, he could have been, he could have saw the same thing that Mike Maddox and Jeff Albert did. And he got out when he could. Um, so it's certainly, it's certainly, there's all kinds of signs pointing right now to just, there is a, there's a glaring problem in this organization right now. And I'm not sure any of us know what it is. There's a Trump video where Trump is just going, there is a problem and we have to figure out what it is. Something is going on and it's bad. It's just, it's like a 30 second clip of him doing that. That's exactly what I feel like about the Cardinals organization right now. Something is going on. It's bad, and we have to figure out what it is because it is corrupting, or it's corrupting everything. It's corrupting our coaching. It's corrupting our development. It's corrupting our management, and it's corrupting, we're seeing it this year, our play on the field. So, yeah. I, um, one thing I will say, I you know, we're looking, we're like, what is the glaring hole here of the problem? I think – to just try and find it in case it is the problem, you just get rid. Like I said, I think you you mutually part ways with John. You might can Marmel, and you kind of just restart. And uh, because at the end of the day, Luke, um, we said the Cardinals organization is in shambles. You know, the general managing side, yeah, it kind of is in shambles, but it's still the Cardinals. Fans are still going to the games. The brand is still 
super powerful. It's not like we're looking at like the Oakland athletics here in oh, terms, yeah. of, you know, their brand, you know, they're in shambles. They're in true shambles. We're just, but that, like you said, we haven't had a losing season since 2007. Yeah. Um, but the, the A's, that's also one problem. It's literally their owner. Their owner has just not invested in the team for years because he wants to move to Las Vegas. So that like, we know what the problem is with that organization. I guess that's, that's my, we differ from them in that way, but yeah, I guess that's true, but yeah, clean. I guess you clean house sometimes, some spring yeah. cleaning to that, try and get to the root of the problem. And that includes um, guys that maybe don't deserve, you know, to get fired and lose their job. You might just, just to make sure you get it all out, mm-hmm. you just have to fire everyone. And, you know, not Randy Flores. I want to make that clear. He's been, he's done a fantastic job scouting people from the draft, scouting people from other teams' minor league systems to, you know, potentially acquire, bring that talent in. He's done a fantastic job of that. Um, I hope he sticks around, but, you know, I wouldn't mind if uh, pretty much everyone else in the organization was fired. Uh, if this uh, season goes how I kind of see it playing out, which I hope it doesn't. I still got the hope there that we uh, we can put together a run because we do after we get done with that stretch the Boston Milwaukee Dodgers stretch it does get a lot easier we play the Reds twice we play the Royals in there um, we have the Guardians none of those teams are really like that good so that could be something that we capitalize on and if if we don't capitalize on that I, I think we'll know by the end of June what this team is which is a little late to figure it out but. I, I can confidently say by the end of June, I can tell you if they're going to make the playoffs or miss the playoffs. And if they miss the playoffs, uh, it is, it's not going to be a pretty scene here in St. Louis. We'll say that there might, there's going to be some serious changes that are going to be happening, which may include hiring uh Yadier Molina as manager next year, which I don't know how people would feel about that, but yeah, I think we should probably move on from this talk topic because I could talk about this all day. <laughs> Because it is something that I'm very passionate about. And, you know, I when when fans boo, it's it's one thing. It's like, oh, you know, they're a bad fan base. They're booing their players. It's, well, you know what? I care a lot about this team. I am a, a diehard fan of the St. Louis Cardinals organization. I want nothing better than for them to win the World Series. And seeing them in this situation that they are in right now, like I know Cam is probably the same way about UNC football or something like that, where he is just a diehard about you know everything about the program. This is it's kind of what I am for the Cardinals. I am just I I want nothing better than to see them do this. And for years upon years, they are just playing excellent baseball year in year out, putting out a winning product. And this year, it is it is just a complete dumpster fire right now. There is no other way to put it. We're worse than the Rockies. We're worse than the Nationals, who many people had coming into this year ranked as the worst team behind the A's. We're like seven games behind the Nationals. Um, it, it is, it's bad right now. We're behind the Reds. And uh, it just breaks my heart to see this, this organization in this, in this way. And the Cardinal way is it might be on its way out. It might be dead. So, but yeah, let's move on to, was it tough scene or the draft next? Tough scene of okay. the week. All right. We got to move on before I get caught up even more. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, 
got all kinds of stuff with tough scenes, so this will probably be a long segment here as well. But uh, I'm just going to start out with late last week, Luke. I I slept with a black spider in my bed. Um, it was about the size. Its butt was about the size of a dime. And my biggest fear is spiders. And I was just in such a, a, a weird state with school in the end of the week that yes, I kicked around like my sheets, like really hard to try and kill it or get it out of my bed. But then I just, I just waved the white flag and just went to bed. Um, I ended up looking a little bit later because if, when, when you think there's a bug in your bed, you probably know this Luke, uh, your legs like start itching and like weird scratching and stuff. Cause that's how oh, I yeah. found the spider the first time is it was actually running over like the, my ankle. And oh. then, so I thought I was going to be able to kill it like easily, um, because it was right there and I still miss. Um, but anyway, a few minutes later it was getting back in my head, uh, again. And I was like, okay, I got to try and find this thing. And I tried to find it and I was using my flashlight and, I don't really know how this happened. It just happened. It was late at night. I dropped the flashlight and it hit me in the balls. And then my balls were in my stomach and it was just a tough scene. You know, I had a spider in my bed and my balls were in my stomach. So uh, then I just went to bed. And then uh, the other night, Monday night, I was watching the Laker game and a, a giant wolf spider just walked in front of the TV downstairs. Um, I was able to kill his ass, but, you know, it's just been... It's just a little bit of too many spiders this early into the summer season for me. Um, so I, just not just a, a, a tough scene. So uh, did this spider said spider have like a red mark on their body? No, it wasn't a black widow. I've, okay. I've seen black widows. There are black widows in Missouri. Um, yeah. I have killed multiple when I used to live at, in uh, like actually in the city of Union. Um, when I would ride my scooter, I thought they were pretty cool though. Cause I liked Spider-Man too, when I was little, so, but I yeah. don't think these are as cool as those spiders though. I think when they bite you, they don't give you superpowers. I think they just no, kill you. <laughs> no, they just, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. And that was that, also in the back of my mind at the end. Like I knew it was just a black spider, which I have no idea what that means, but in the back of my mind, I'm just like, what if they just just bites my foot and then i just have to like get it amputated you just think about shit like oh, that yeah. when you're trying to go to sleep you think about the yeah. worst case scenario <laughs> the worst case scenario with the spider in your bed so it's called catastrophizing and it's, it's actually a very common thing that people do they just think of the worst possible scenario i do that all the time like sometimes i'll be like i'll be like laying in my bed and like my ear will start hurting and i'm like what if i'm like going deaf or something like that it's just like just a normal earache but man i don't know how you slept that night if you couldn't find the spider that is and that's another part of the story that was just the state i was in i is you know cam how you doing well i'm sleeping with the spider in my bed that's just <laughs> kind of how it was i wouldn't have been able to fall asleep i would have like my heart would have been going it took a while luke like I, and like I said, you know, I felt like the spider was winning because, you know, I didn't kill it the first time and I looked for it and then I looked for it again. And then, like I said, I dropped my phone on my balls and then I was like, okay, you won. I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to let you go and 
I'll sleep. I'll sleep on this side. You sleep down there. But I did clean all my sheets. So his oh. ass either moved out or his ass is dead. Okay. Yeah, if you don't find it after a few days, you just kind of assume it's gone. One way or the other, it's gone. It's just, I mean, he's probably still in the house. Or she. Who knows? But he doesn't affect you anymore. I like to think so. <laughs> All right. What's your, uh, do you multi scenes? Oh, I have all kinds of them. I didn't know if you wanted to chime in with some of them. Or do you have your own? Yeah, I have I have two at the end that are mine after you're like okay. a million okay. of them. All right, uh, another one. This is kind of just some NBA talk, but the the Bucks canned Coach Bud's ass. Um, yeah, I was. This was kind of shocked me, and then uh, there was a big stat going around. It's like they're what Steve Kerr's the only NBA head coach of the last five NBA champions who are still coaching that same team. Nick Since Nurse, 2014. Yeah, Nick Nurse, Toronto Raptors. They canned his ass. Um, Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel, the Lakers, they canned his ass. Um, oh, now we're just blanking on names. Ty but, Lue. Uh, Ty, Ty Lue um, and Bud. And then, uh, obviously, Steve Kerr is still there, and they're right in the mix of things again. So, yeah, um, so yeah but that was a tough scene. Uh, a little bit of a shocking scene. It was just like, wow. They, yeah. For that. I actually wasn't that shocked because I, I think they've been trying to get him gone for a while because I don't know if you remember the year that they won the championship in that offseason. They're like, if if it's championship or bust this year, like if we don't win the championship, you're getting fired. They were like talking openly about that. And I think that they really don't like him as a head coach. And they're just like, well, you know, I we don't want to do it if he, you know, leads us to a championship. So this was like a perfect opportunity, like demoralizing first round exit, which actually makes me feel a little bit bad for him because it did come out that like his then his brother die yeah yeah. His brother, yeah like right before the playoff series his brother died and so he's in the process of grieving and going to the funeral and stuff while this playoff series is going on so he actually shout out to him for showing up to all the games and all the practices to prepare for this while that was going on because i can't even imagine how that would be um so that does make me feel a little bit bad for him at the same time, so. But yeah, tough scene, tough scene for sure. All right, and then my next one was uh, so Dylan Brooks had one of the worst NBA playoffs that we've seen. He tried to poke the bear that was LeBron James, um, and shit talk nonstop throughout the series. Obviously, we all know the Grizzlies lost four two. And uh, the Lakers beat him in game six by 40, um, which was effectively giving Dylan Brooks 40. Um, but then Shams came out with a really, really mean tweet <laughs> saying that, uh, according to the front office of the Grizzlies, um, they are not bringing back Dylan Brooks under no circumstances. So... <laughs> The under no circumstances was a little mean, kind of unnecessary, but they added that in there, and it, uh, like I said, it, it, I'm sure that did not feel good from Dylan Brooks' side, but he also may have effectively played himself into like just like a really, really minimal role in the NBA until he can prove himself again. So, 
So yeah, that well, was according to many <laughs> memes. I don't know if you looked at the replies to that tweet, but it was just the Adam Silver meme of "Get ready to learn Chinese, buddy." Yep. And um, that that's might not even be one. that far of a stretch. The Wong Tong Tiger, oh, yeah, yeah, it's Wong really Tong not that. It's really not that far of a stretch. Um, yeah, that's so, yeah. crazy too. That like everyone's commenting that like the Shanghai Sharks meme, like dude, we've been trying to reach you. Um, yeah. All that like. That could actually like legitimately be going on right now. So, um, yeah, very mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, my other tough scene was last week. I'm just now starting to get over it uh, as of like yesterday. Um, but I was sick as a mug for about a full week. Uh, I played hoops, I guess, I guess last Friday. And after we got done playing hoops, oh, let me just give you my basketball stats from playing hoops last Friday night. <laughs> one busted lip, one sprained jaw, one torn necklace. My chain got broke, and oh, broke and then chain. I and then I was sick as a mug after. Um, so that, those yeah, are my stats got, from last Friday. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I play. I, it was fun, but I. Yeah, it was it was a tough scene that in itself, and then I was sick for about a week, or not a full week, but like about four or five days. So that really sucked. Um, it did subside when I was with the boys, so I just like to point that out. Um, so Very yeah, goodness. sick as a mug. Um, and then uh, my next tough scene is a little bit more relevant. Uh, the Blues did not get Bedard. In fact, Luke, um, they got actually the tenth pick. While the worst case scenario actually took place, and the Blackhawks ended up getting the first pick in the NHL draft coming up, so Bedard's heading to uh, the city of Chicago. Yeah. So we'll be playing him for the next probably twenty years. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that went about as poorly as oh, yeah. that could go. Literally, this Us is getting the tenth pick, and we have to play the Blackhawks all the time, and they're going to get Bedard. I think this is our punishment for not talking about the NHL at all this year, but in return, <laughs> we're never going to talk about the NHL ever again. So <laughs> take that, NHL. Yeah, that's uh, on we, them, not we us. Hate your league. Yeah. So, God, that was to, – to rig the lottery because everyone thought it was going to be Columbus that got them. And p- some people were like, oh, well, you know, it could be the Anaheim Ducks too. And then here come the Blackhawks, who they're bad for one year, and they get rewarded with this. They openly tank. They trade everyone that even contributes a little bit to winning. They openly tank, and this is how they get rewarded for doing that. Which, you know, good on them. That was very they smart. Did, yeah, you know what, Luke? At the end of the day, they tanked the right way. Oh, yeah. The Blues did not, and we did talked not. about that. So, you know, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. That's the 10th pick. And yep. the Blacks were playing the smart game. So you got you to tip your hat a little bit um, in terms of that. So um, I wonder yeah. if – I wonder if he'll – do you think the Blackhawks – do you think that name will stay the Blackhawks forever? Yeah. Is that a true Indian tribe? I have no idea. I don't know. But I don't know. I, I would assume it does because their organization is so poor. It's basically like – the commanders but worse um i don't know if you remember but like the sexual assault allegations where they were just basically Mm -hmm. sexually assaulting every single employee that they had including some of the players yeah and so yeah to reward them 
with Connor Bedard is very mean of the NHL to do. And I I honestly think that it taints your league a little bit. You know, if he would have went to someplace like Columbus, you know, they got some superstars over there. Um, they've had a winning culture in the past. Why not have why not send him to the Blue Jackets? Why should I mean Chicago, it's it's all about the city. And then one more thing about this. Chicago is just tanking like expertly right now. All of their sports. I mean, they get the number one pick in the NHL. They had the number one pick in the uh, NFL, which they ended up getting next another first round pick and DJ Moore for that. Um, and then what's the, uh, I guess, baseball, the White Sox are, I don't know what the hell they're doing. And the Cubs are just kind of, you know, they're the Cubs. They're hanging around. Um and then the Bulls are in the NBA draft lottery. A lot of people are saying they're going to get Wembenyana. That would be a huge stretch if if they were able to pull that off because they have like a, I think like a point six percent chance or something. Yeah, they they shouldn't be able to get him. Um, that would be so obviously rigged if they they gave, yeah. it, if they gave it to Chicago. I mean, I it'd be sick. I'm not going to lie, but I that that shouldn't happen. No. Um, so yeah. Absolutely not. Um, okay, next thing here, and the next tough scene. Uh, this one pretty recent. Coach K is back. Coach K was appointed special advisor to NBA basketball operations. And look, I'm going to be a real one. I have no idea what that title means. <laughs> but it's just a tough scene that he's back in our lives, that he is back making not some really. kind of important decision that we actually have to hear his name. He... Unless it's college basketball season, unless it is Duke Carolina, I feel like I should not have to hear Coach K's name whatsoever. So, um, although I'm sure he'll end up doing something maybe along the lines that uh, maybe will even make it onto my uh, the little card that I keep in my wallet of all the dirty things that Coach K has done throughout his career. We'll see. Do you have your wallet on you right now? I do. I can. You want me to read yeah. a, a quick? Yeah, note? read it off. I, I want to know what this is. I I can't read it all. That will be here for about five minutes. But uh, show uh, it to us. Show it to us. This is an ultimate hater move right now. <laughs> oh my god! It's like a Bible. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah, I, I keep. I keep strapped. I'm strapped with that at all times. Uh, oh, hold on. Well, let me read a little. Just excerpt. give me a random Coach K fact um, on that card. Oh, here we go. 2016 Oregon loss in the tournament. Coach K gets angry at Dylan Brooks after attorney loss to Oregon. Tells Brooks, "You're you're too good of a player to be doing that stuff. That stuff being shooting the ball at the end of the shot clock in a blowout." Um, <laughs> pick, pick a random one. You put the 12th one down. This is, Coach K doesn't care about money. That's what this one's titled. When he turned down the Lakers job in 2004 and said afterwards, the allure of coaching in college has no price. He then went on to make more than twice as much as new UNC coach Roy Williams over the course of the next 17 years. <laughs> more than he would have made in the NBA. Uh, hold on. Give me the fourth one. Oh, okay. Sore loser. 
told reporters to not direct criticism at players directed at him, then followed it up with, when you questioned my coaching, (laughs) when you questioned my coaching, come into Cameron, look at the ceiling, and see it for yourself. So basically, never question anything about Duke. (laughs) All right. What's your favorite one on there? I I just like this little tidbit, too. The day after losing at home to Stephen F. Austin, which I remember this game like a charm. First time since 1983 they lost a home game to an unranked non-conference team. Coach K said he had been dealing with a little health issue, and that's probably what got the team distracted. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, yeah, me. I got the team distracted. That's my fault, guys. Wow, that is that is the most insane hating I think I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> to carry that card, how many things are on that card? Oh, uh, it's it's double sided, and I'm I feel like I'm missing some of my favorites. To be honest, I think some of them might be on the other side. Um, oh my god! <laughs> Dude. There's, you know, there's some stuff about how, like, before Coach K, every single coach that coached Team USA, you only did it one cycle, but they just, for some reason, let Coach K do it forever, pretty much, until he wanted to quit. Um, they resolved on the honor system, just like U.S. presidents, and then when FDR, like, abused it and went for, like, yeah. full terms, they're like, oh, we better put an amendment in for that. <laughs> it's like... Coach K with the USA. Basketball. Oh, and, yeah, exactly. And how uh, Coach K was able to use this to his advantage because coincidentally, Luke, uh, Coach K's recruiting class during this time period went from an average of 17.6th ranked class um, to the number two and a half ranked class between 2013 and 2018 when he was coaching the team. So um, be, weirdly being able to tell recruits uh, you can uh, FaceTime with LeBron and Kobe. Uh, that helps the program. Who knew that? Um, <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, yeah. Sneaky sure maybe guy. We'll, yeah. Maybe at some point we'll read some facts from the other side, uh, a different show. But <laughs> so yeah. And then my final tough scene is just that Malik Willis is dead. Um, the Titans yeah. Not said literally. that. Uh, well, eh, NFL wise, take that as you will. Um. They uh, drafted Will Levis, obviously, and they still have Tannehill. Um, and the Titans almost never, ever keep three quarterbacks on their 53-man roster. Vrabel never, ever does that. So Malik Willis is probably just the odd man out, and they drafted him last year, so he's pretty much dead. So so there you go. Well, XFL. There's the XFL. Yeah, I guess. Um, I you know, one thing that you could say about Malik Willis um, is that you know, if you're if you're a team looking to sign a, a quarterback, maybe to develop or uh, maybe give him a shot, is you know he he won't be distracted by premarital sex. He went to Liberty, so That's true. you don't have to worry about that um, if you're worried about something like that. So maybe you know, uh, he he checks at least one box, yeah, but also doesn't hit the box. You know what I mean? So <laughs> there you go. I could see a team like the Seahawks, you know, signing him to pair with Tyler Lockett. You know, they'd be like best bros, I feel like. Um, yeah, you're yeah. right. Although, 
Tyler Lockett has since broken he, the seal. Yeah, he's married now. But um, respectfully, that but that's accepted. Yeah, at the University of Liberty. So. Yeah, exactly. So um, yeah, but you know, St. Louis Battlehawks, they're probably gonna be looking for a new quarterback next year. He would literally be when you talk about the I'm complete down. opposite. I'm down. He is complete opposite. Not not a thrower at all like McCarron was. Complete mover. McCarron was a microwave. McCarron, premarital sex, most likely. <laughs> well, we don't had to. I, according to, what was that announcer's name? Uh, <laughs> Brent Musburger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, and then uh, Malik Willis, yeah. It's literally uh, white, black. I, just everything is just complete opposite. So, Couldn't be more black and white. Yep, you're right. So well, uh, well, uh, I don't know if I would have used that terminology, but yeah, yeah, pretty much. All right, is that all your tough scenes? That's all of them. Uh, fine, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I only have two, so I, uh, I I wrote these down a while ago, and I just I just never added because I already had a bunch of them. So my first tough scene is Derek Chauvin, uh, basically getting his number retired. By the entire uh, USA, which I think they unintentionally did this because his badge number was like, it was like 1087 or something that he used. And they're like, uh, no officer is ever going to use that number again for their badge number, which is literally the same thing as retiring a number in honor of someone, which is what happens all the time in sports. And that was like the greats of the job, which I some people believe that. You know the police system is is like that. You know to target people of of color, and in that case, Derek Chauvin would be probably a Hall of Famer. <laughs> um, I I don't want to put it in terms like that, but I think this is going to backfire on them because now it's like, oh, why can't I have that number ten eighty seven? You know, I I you know my college number was ten. You know, whatever. I like the number ten eighty seven. Why can't I have that? Well, you know, there was this guy that. You know, did some bad things. We can't have it again. And so it just brings up the topic again of, you know, the George Floyd incident. So that is an incredibly tough scene that they did that. But still, somehow, not as much of a tough scene as ABC. Um, They, on one of their cutaway screens in the Knicks game for the playoffs, they showed a city skyline of New York City, which included the Statue of Liberty. Right, because the game was in New York. What, what what could go wrong with this beautiful skyline of New York? Well, people picked apart the skyline of New York and were like, "There's two buildings in this that are not in the skyline of New York anymore." Um, and those two buildings, if you haven't figured it out, are the Twin Towers, uh, which collapsed in 2001, which was 22 years ago, nearly 22 years ago that those collapsed. So, I don't know what kind of footage um, ABC is using that it's 22 years old, but. It was a tough scene. It was kind of similar to uh, when the Red Sox and Yankees were playing last year. (laughs) And they used the 9-11 Memorial to put their logos inside. So I don't know whose brilliant idea that was either. But that might have been ABC as well that did that. So graphics people at ABC have to step up their game seriously. That's not even a joke. Like You you cannot be doing that. (laughs) You cannot be. That is unacceptable. I don't know. That is incredible. I think it was actually Fox that did the uh, Yankees and Red Sox thing. Now I'm thinking. Yeah, I, I believe so too. But yeah, I, they did put out a statement that they were just using stock stock footage from 2000. Uh, I think like 2000. So that's crazy. 
And I don't even know how they have stock footage saved from 2000. I mean, that's 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 insane in its own element. So yeah, um, wow, incredible. that was a tough scene. Though. <laughs> a huge tough scene. Um, that's my that's all mine. I I only had two. So those were good though. Yeah. Um, and the tough scene is potentially the the uh, Boston Celtics here, fourth quarter right now, down by a point. No, they just splash oh, one home mind. though. Never mind. Um. You want to get into the NFL draft recap, which seems like a million years ago? Yeah, we can. Uh, I guess we can try and recap Remember? that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Go ahead, boss. You take the lead on that. Okay. I guess something to point out here is me and Luke were right. Uh, Lamar Jackson got his record deal literally right before the draft. So With the Ravens? That, yep. With the Ravens, so that kept them off the board from taking a quarterback. Um, um, some teams made out really well. That's that's my first note on the draft. That's they pretty what? analytical. Uh, what did they do very well? Cam? They uh, yeah, they, yeah, uh, they made out really well. So <laughs> uh, the pa- one thing I'd like to uh, point out is the Packers dig wool again um, in a way that obviously we don't know what Lucas Van Ness is going to be in the NFL. And if you ask me, taking an offensive or defensive Big Ten lineman, you can never really go wrong. But you can go a little wrong because I don't even think this guy was a first-round talent. He was um, in the 20s projected, like 26, 25 in that range. Okay, so late first round. Yeah. Um, so maybe a possible reach. Um, and it just it wasn't – it didn't feel like that's that was the biggest clamoring position of need. Um, so that that's my take on the Packers. I th- actually think they rounded out the rest of their draft pretty well. Um, yeah, but we, uh, we bounced back. Um, I don't think yeah. Van Ness is a bad pick. I think he's going to be a good player. I just we overdrafted him. We could have traded down eight spots. Exactly, an and extra third, extra second round pick. And we did not do that, so yep. that was very frustrating. The fact that we didn't do that right, but um, could have been I way guess... worse. <laughs> we'll say that the Steelers, on the other hand, uh, got the big offensive tackle uh, from Georgia, uh, and then uh, we it was pick thirty-two, but it was actually round two because uh, uh, the Dolphins, Dolphins lost their pick. Um, Joy Porter Jr which is who I wanted um, at some point. I couldn't believe he was still there, and we were able to take him on the first pick of day two. That was pretty sweet. Um, and then we got Darnell Washington, who everybody and their brother else wanted. And I, I think Luke knows this. I've slightly kind of been bashing Darnell Washington over the yeah. past like month, just saying that, well, you know, he really wasn't all that productive at Georgia. Um, for as much of a menace to society, he should have been. Um, part of that's, you know, the offense that Georgia ran and that they had freaking Brock Bowers and Ladd McConkey, but, um, Ladd McConkey was a slot receiver. Yeah, I know. But I, I it, in terms of like the route trees that those guys run, um, okay. cause Ladd is mostly slot and Darnell would line up there if he wasn't lining up directly off the like on the line of scrimmage with gotcha. the offensive tackle. But um, 
I'll take it. I think I just I, I was a little shocked by it because literally Pat Fryermuth is our best receiving target on the Steelers, but we took another tight end anyway. So I guess maybe one thing that you can do is send Pat Fryermuth out for routes and then keep Darnell in the yep. block. Uh, um, but also when you like I said when you watch Darnell Washington, you're like this guy's such a freak of nature. Do you really just want it? him blocking we saw him um against Oregon at the beginning of the season this year we're just like oh my gosh this is a man amongst boys when he just absolutely stiff armed that guy into next year so um it actually is a pretty exciting pick I'm willing to overlook his college production at the tight end position really doesn't mean shit honestly but um, how pits yeah that that really doesn't matter but uh yeah yeah I guess we have this to look through um to kind of remind us oh one thing that we were correct about we uh were talking about mock drafts before the draft yeah. and we nailed one uh we had the bryce young uh at number one and then the texans taking stroud and then will anderson we yeah. kind of called that cam uh, called so. he's like i could see the texans maybe trading up the number three and that's yeah exactly what happened so and he also i guess we talked about the cardinals trading back Mm-hmm. Um, as well, which happened to be with the Texans. So, yeah, and they still got a hell of a player, the best offensive tackle on the board. So, um, and they tr- were able to trade back. I think the first big thing that happened was uh, obviously besides that trade, AR fifteen off the board at number four, Anthony Richardson um, to the Colts. That was pretty sweet. Um, Jalen Carter fell all the way to the Eagles. That was pretty wild. B. John Robinson was taken by the Falcons, which doesn't really make sense after they just drafted a thousand yard rusher last year. Speaking of um, the uh, Jalen Carter, can we talk about how the Eagles are literally just drafting Georgia defensive players? I they drafted, to be honest, uh, it's really not a bad strategy. They no. they know what it takes to win, and they play in the SEC. So yeah, and. It did come out that like NFL GMs were getting pissed that Howie Roseman was getting so much praise for taking Georgia players when it's like, well, they're why? Yeah, yeah, of course he is because they were the best defense on the national title team. So of course, taking their best players and putting them on your NFL team is going to seem like a good strategy to the fans. Of course, duh, you know. Why are you so surprised? Maybe maybe you try doing it if you want the praise. So, but yeah, they took Jordan Davis, Nicobe Dean last year. This year they took uh, Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, and then Kelly Ringo in like the second or third round. So yeah, they're just, they're just building up just a just a, a regime of Georgia men yeah. over there. And then they also added uh, DeAndre Swift from the Lions. Yeah. Who um, they ended up drafting Jameer Gibbs at twelve, mm. and uh, overdraft maybe, possibly Luke, possibly they um, love them. Took, they did take Jack Campbell uh, at eighteen from Iowa, so the second Iowa guy off the board, Van Ness, and then a few picks later, uh, Jack Campbell, and then can you uh, tell me if him and Dan are related in any way? They aren't. They are not related. Um, but knowing Dan's meathead brain, he may have just saw white, muscular Campbell. guy, Campbell, <laughs> Big Ten football, draft him. 
Um, so that could have been a factor. Uh, kind of just looking at some of the picks here. Um, one thing we also hit on, no safeties drafted in the first round. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So Brian Branch fell. I was surprised. Yeah, he by did. That. Um Yeah, it was fun. We watched it together. Uh all six hours of it. Or yep. what seemed like six hours anyway. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I there was honestly for me I get sometimes a little bit more excited about when some of the my favorite players that I watched, like on UNC and stuff get drafted like Josh Downs um he went on day 2 to the Colts um and the NFL has been nonstop posting stuff about him and Anthony Richardson getting together and stuff like that so um at the team hotel and stuff like that so that one I was you know happy to see one thing about the Colts um and Anthony Richardson I I you know I'm I've not been a very big Anthony Richardson fan but you know he was one of the top quarterbacks. Jim Ursay in the draft room was on so much cocaine. It was insane. He looked like a squirrel, I want to say. No, I think we came to the conclusion at the party that he was on weed. Okay. I, I think I think right. that's I think that's what we came to because yeah, he, was he was a little so bit high. too he was high off his yeah. I mean he in the clouds, but <laughs> at the end of the day, I don't think it was cocaine because he at the same time that he was in the clouds, he was also on ground zero. Like he was chill. He was just yeah. mellowed out. Like if he was Wasn't doing some, around. yeah, if he was doing some nose candy, I mean, he'd probably would have been going crazy. So high fiving people, jumping yeah. up and I mean, down. He was, yeah, exactly. He was like kind of uh, just chill. The so, Lions you know, guy that drafted Jameer Gibbs, he might have been on a little bit of coke, but he was he was getting really into that pick. Um, I'm trying to think like. I mean, maybe actually it possibly could have been like an edible situation for um, Jim because he was almost like 3G. Like, yeah, like he took like a super high dosage of something like how chill he looked. <laughs> just chilling in the chair. Um, so <laughs> that, that's just, probably told that's just our to. draft day analysis. So yeah, they're yeah. like, Jim, we know you're high off your, your ass, but if you're going to sit here in the war room with us, you got to like, you got to chill. And he's like, oh, I'll just... I'll just hit up, yeah. I'll just take the three tree, three G instead of this uh, white bag of nose candy, and yeah. I'll just leave this at home. And then there was speculation, speaking of weed, that Brian Dable might have been on some too. Might have been hitting the pen in the draft room. Wild, is, yeah. That I, I don't think that's true. I think, I think we came to the conclusion that that was just a piece of beef jerky that he was eating, um, which also then, makes sense. Yeah. And then, as far as draft room setup, the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Death yep. Star, Death the, Star, the Empire. It's the Empire from Star Wars. Um, it's... Jerry Jones is the very old commander. Yep, Grand yeah. Tarkin, Governor Tarkin. No, I think Mike was Governor Tarkin. I think Jerry Jones was. Uh, well, uh, Mike's Palpatine. too fat to be Governor Tarkin. Yeah, but Jerry is Palpatine. I he guess. looks exactly yeah, like he, him. You're right. He is Palpatine, but <laughs> Mike is way too fat to be Governor Tarkin. But yeah. No, I mean, if you had to tell me, pick one person on planet Earth that is most similar to Emperor Palpatine, my pick would probably be Jerry Jones. That, like, <sighs> joke. I don't. That's he hates thing. minorities. Um, he's very old. Looks like he should probably be dead. Owns 
a very powerful um, corporation, if you will. They're just a lot of similarities. Yeah. Um, I don't think I. I don't think Jerry Jones has committed genocide though, so he doesn't have that really on his resume. I don't know. Did you see um, at the King coronation what? The king was wearing King, I don't know what the hell his name is. King Charles, yeah. Um, Looked just like Snoke from the eighth movie of Star Wars. No. Oh, oh, Snoke. Snoke. Did you watch the newer Star Wars movies? Yeah. The the guy that got cut in half? Yes, that guy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He looked just like him in terms of his outfit. So you're going to say Snow from Hunger Games. Yeah. Snow is, yeah. Fuck that guy. Damn. Wow. <laughs> yep. All right. Draft analysis, baby. Yep. That's it. Because this, yeah, this was too weak. We this was too long ago. Yeah. We can't. We can't give draft grades. They're they're dumb. We don't know until the season's over. <laughs> but they are funny if you do read them. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to talk some playoffs here before we get to uh, say hello, kiss goodbye to close out the show? Some NBA playoffs. Yeah. Um. Since we're anti-NHL. <laughs> yeah, so I get also partial. This is just a Laker cam update. Uh, I would say the vibes are high because we we the Lakers get game six at home uh, tomorrow night, tomorrow evening, if you will. Um, but, Luke, there's there's one person in our way right it's now. It's not a person. It's... It's a dog, Cam. It's it's a mutt. I I it's a corgi, and he he's causing me stress. This dog online who picked the series, uh, you know, with the little ball and the little baskets, uh, did it seven times for the seven games. Had the Lakers going up three to one, which they went up three to one, and then having the Warriors come back and win the next three games while well, they got part one down last night. It's 3-2. I'm not going to make some Terry Bradshaw-like comments right now, but hypothetically, if the Warriors come back down 3-1, to one, I'm Terry Bradshaw. That's all I'm going to say. Terry Bradshaw. Uh, I think you might just want to say Michael Vick and just leave it at that. But I... I would gladly call it Michael Vick. I'm a dog lover, but <laughs> I'm a dog lover, but this mutt needs to go. I mean, this is a little insane. Now, and I don't know why he has to do this right now. Why is he doing it right now? Because I've seen some of this guy's work. He picked TCU to beat Georgia. <laughs> Obviously that didn't work. So um I don't <laughs> maybe we'll Maybe we'll see this guy collapse here towards the end of the series, preferably at home tomorrow night with the Lakers. Um, game six, the Lakers haven't lost at home yet during the playoffs, so that would be nice. Um, and then some other, the other series, Luke, uh, the Heat, I guess we didn't really even get to talk about the first round that much, but the Heat obviously beat the Bucks. Um, yeah. And they're up 3-2 right now on the Knicks. They did lose last night as well to the Knicks at the Garden. Um, but they have a chance to close it out tomorrow in Miami. So, um, Which I think they will probably do that. I they'll hope do, so. I'm kind of – and maybe this is greedy of me, Luke, but I'm kind of getting antsy for another 
Hemi Butler nuclear performance. The last few games, he's kind of just been like, you know, pretty quiet. He's still doing good work, but it it's hasn't been culture. Hemi. It hasn't been Hemi, though. I just want one more in this playoffs, at least. Preferably two. But like I said, that, you know, we might be getting a little greedy, but um, I would just like to see it. Um, so, yeah, hopefully the Heat can close out that series. I am actively cheering for them. And then I'm also actively cheering for the 76ers, who are up two right now over the Celtics. Um, the series is three to two. We're in Philly right now. Um, it's 83-81. Uh, just in fact, this game will probably go break. final by the time we're done with this show. But this yeah, has probably. also been a good clo- uh, a good series as well. Um, Celtics some close games my and final then some – yeah, they were. Yeah, um, some close games and then some blowouts, and that's actually been the story of all the series, including the Warriors and the Nuggets games. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been plenty of blowouts, but there, when the games are close between these teams, it has been awesome. In fact, I've had a lot of fun watching these playoffs. Um, so, yeah, one thing that I want to mention about the uh, Suns Nuggets series, I think we both picked the Nuggets, but the Suns they got the star power. I want to talk about, I want to make you aware, the Landry Shamit stat. I don't know if you've seen this, Cam. Have you? I don't believe so, no. Unless. So, the last four seasons, the team that Landry Shamit plays on has lost in Game 7 of the second round. Last year with the Suns, when they got blown out with the Mavericks and one of the greatest years ago with the Nets, right? Yep. A couple of years ago with the Nets with the Kevin Durant on the foot, yep. foot on the line game. Um, the year before with the Clippers. Oh, my God. Um, when I forget who that was that they lost to. But uh, seven Clippers, I think. And then the year – that was in the bubble, the, the Clippers year. And then uh, last year – or not – but then the year before that was the 76ers. Um, and that was the Kawhi Leonard shot. <laughs> so he has just been on the teams that have just heartbreak in the second round. And I don't know if you remember, but last year at the Mavericks with the Suns, that was the uh, Chris Paul hits a huge three to cut the lead to four to two game. Um, Classic NBA moment. So that's so crazy. that I'm never going to forget that now. Yeah, exactly. So, but um, yeah, so just be prepared. The Suns will probably win. I think they play tomorrow or maybe it's tonight. Is it tonight? They play it's tonight at 9. Okay. PM. Well, that's not going to help any betters out there, but the Suns are going to win tonight. I'm I'm calling it right now, and they will probably lose in some spectacular fashion, whether that's in a close moment that just is heartbreak or it's a blowout again like last year to the Suns and or in, to the Nuggets in Game Seven because it's the curse of Landry Shamit, and it would be five consecutive years that that happens, and that might just be the most insane thing ever. Like I wouldn't want them on my team. After that, if I was like a contending team anyway, if I was something like the Wizards, I might be like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll sign them. We'll go, we'll go to the second round. But um, that is just a crazy stat. So I just want to make people aware of that before it actually comes to fruition. So, yeah, I actually think the I actually think the Nuggets are going to close it out tonight in six. So oh, um, I disagree. Yeah, I'm going off the stat. <laughs> yeah, no, I, that's a crazy stat. I I did not know. I haven't read that one yet, so that's interesting <laughs> to hear. Um, and then, obviously, Lakers-Warriors, like I just said, um, that's going to six tomorrow night. 
Lakers have a chance to close that one out. So they're all starting to come to a close here. Um, final start June 1st, no matter what. Um, but obviously if the series are really fast in the final series for Western Eastern, they could have some time off in between um, earn themselves some time off, but yeah, they're coming up quick. And I guess all I really want to say, Luke is um, like I said, is the playoffs have been pretty good. Like I said, there's been some blowouts, but the close games and the, these playoffs have been awesome because, Oh yeah. The teams that are left, the teams that are left are literally like, just like, the absolute best brands in the NBA. I mean, Sixers, Celtics, Lakers, Warriors, you know, and then obviously uh, Knicks. Yeah, Heat, Knicks, uh, Nuggets, Suns, obviously those, you know, are more newer blood except for the Knicks, but it's cool to see the Knicks kind of back a little bit, but they're obviously not going to win it. No I'd say the, the, Heat, the Heat are kind of one of the best brands too, at least of the 21st century. Yeah. You know, thanks to LeBron, Shaq, and D Wade. So yeah, yeah you're right. But <laughs> yeah, um, not a whole lot. Uh, I feel like I actually did have some stuff to say about the playoffs, but yeah, I don't. Know. Um, I I want to talk about. I know we we said we weren't going to talk about the NHL, but I believe in the Devils to come back from three uh, one. They're in overtime right now, which I don't know why I'm watching this instead of the NBA game. But overtime hockey is is cool in the playoffs. Um, the Leafs are dead. They did win. They won the first round, though. I know we talked about that. The and then uh, Edmonton and the Golden Knights series. I don't know if you've been watching that, but that has been wild. It's they're two and two. They've alternated games, but every single game has been a blowout by at least four goals. It is just one of the most insane things I've ever seen. There was a fight that broke out last night at the end of the game. Um, actually, it might have been game two that that happened, but. Yeah, it's just been a wild series that one has. So, yeah, um, yeah, that's NHL. I don't, I don't want to go extensive because Gary Batman yeah. is getting on my nerves. So, I kind of just, I'm kind of hoping that the Florida Panthers somehow win the whole thing as the eight seed. Their team is not cool. bad. They have They're a, not. They have a a really good goalie and they have some really good players that i mean they were the one seed last year in the playoffs analysis. <laughs> they huh? have some good players yep yep they have some uh well i played i don't know if you remember i played fantasy hockey last year and i i picked up i had a lot of florida panthers on my team because they were really good and so i just like i was like oh they're, they're the best team in hockey i better pick up some of their players so like uh um, see if I can name some of them. Matthew Kachuk, who wasn't on their team last year, but he is this year. I had him on my team. Um, Anthony Duclair, uh, Carter Verhage, um, there's a Sam, Sam Bennett. He was on my team. So yeah, those guys. And then their Bobrovsky is their goalie. So they, they got some, they got some good, they got some names. That's what matters to me in hockey anyway, like McDavid. So <laughs> Even though I do want to point out that Mick David, he had a teammate score four goals the other night and they lost. So can't say McDavid doesn't have any help. Not not my goat. I just want to point that out. That would ha never happen to LeBron if LeBron's teammates nope. scored four goals. If, yeah. If LeBron had a teammate, let's say each goal is equivalent to 10 points. If LeBron had a teammate that would score 40 points, look out. Yeah. 
and also i guess that's one thing i did want to say that's um this actually this whole series with the lakers literally all depends on how ad plays um the whole series runs through him um it's actually uh me and my buddy sam ross we were watching the game last night we were just talking about how actually refreshing it is to watch the lakers um, it's two totally different worlds of basketball watching the Lakers and the Warriors. Oh, the yeah. Lakers are so much more old school um, with AD and the mid-range game. The whole team loves the mid-range. Hachimura. Um, yeah. Um, he's got Austin such a Reeves loves just shot. making moves with the basketball and taking pretty mid-range shots and floaters and stuff. D-Lo. Um, D-Lo. Um, but, and then the, late, uh, the Warriors is just, you know, three just warriors basketball. It's just, it's yeah. so rain, it's hard to watch. Um, not, it's not hard to watch in the fact that it's ugly. Cause I actually appreciate it, but it's hard to watch as a fan of the opposing team because literally they can all just rain at home from three and it, it yeah. sucks to watch. It's so hard. It's just demoralizing. So. I think I texted you yesterday and I was like, Lakers are going to lose this game because the Warriors are just they're just going to catch fire from from 3 tonight. I just know it. And that's mm-hmm. pretty much what happened. So, yep. that's the only reason they won last night. Yeah. Looks like uh Boston's going to send this to a game 7 barring a yep. historic collapse. Yep, so. it was close just a moment ago, but they're starting to open it up a little bit. Hey, Jason Tatum, uh Coach K product. Probably a bad time to bring that up, but all right, you want to get into uh, say hello, kiss goodbye, yep. to close out the the show here. It actually yep. isn't running as long as I thought it would, so yeah, we're doing good. We're... Yeah. Um. All right, so pretty extensive list here for our say hello, kiss it goodbye here as well. Um, say hello, Luke, to the KFC spicy chicken sandwich. Um. And let me just, I want to take you back on this. Uh, a couple of weekends ago, I was at a Popeye's in Columbia. Uh, and we were on South Providence Road, which if you know anything about Columbia, Missouri, it's like the beginning of the miniature hood in <laughs> Columbia. Uh, so shout out. Um, but anyway, we're trying to go to Raising Cane's for my dad's birthday because he wanted to go to Raising Cane's, and the line was just super long. And we had places to be, so he put in, Siri, where's the nearest Popeye's? Uh, it was just down the road, a mile, and uh, we get there, and she goes, oh, by the way, it has two stars on Yelp, and we walked inside, and it was the most two-star Popeyes you've ever seen um just college kids working it uh swearing like sailors trash all over the ground worst Dr. Pepper you've ever tasted um so but the, but the sandwich kids. the spam the sandwich was delicious and so ever since then I've just been man craving a, a chicken sandwich like the Popeyes chicken sandwich well our good friend Colin Sodi told me that KFC has a decent chicken sandwich and ever since since then i've had this their spicy chicken sandwich three times including today and uh don't tell me it's the one in washington <laughs> it's the one in washington oh my and god luke, damn here's a stat for you, you luke. here's a stat for you luke i have never been never to a kfc that i know of 
and more importantly, the KFC in Washington for good reason. It literally got shut this past down last because week. it was infected or infested with like rats, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, well, yeah, rats were falling into the fryers. Um, it's disgusting. You went and there. it is, and it is. Oh. It was disgusting, and I hadn't gone there for 19 and a half years. But I broke the seal, Luke. The spicy, classic spicy chicken sandwich, Luke, is something to break the seal for. Mm-hmm. I love it. The The spicy mayonnaise are terrific. The pickles are so good on it. Um, and it's just a great hunk of chicken. It might be the only thing at KFC that they do well. But I'm going to give props where props are due. So say hello to the KFC spicy chicken sandwich. Not right. an ad, but... If you want to make it an ad, you can make it an ad. So there's that. Right. Um, Dr. Pepper, oh, KFC. Yeah, there we go. We're racking and, up uh, the sponsorships. And it's also just really fun to say, let's go get clocked up. Saying, <laughs> let's let's go get clocked up. Uh, in fact, Never I've, been heard using, that. I've been using that terminology with Ron lately. Here we go. Um, let's see. Let's see. Um Hmm. You sounded like the spin on the wheel guy. Here we go. Wait a second there with the let's see, let's see. You sounded like the twenty dollars spin on the this, wheel. This was yesterday at six oh two p.m. because um, we weren't cooking tonight. KSC chicken sandwich for dinner tomorrow. Give me a hell yeah, clock yeah, Ronald. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> and then the, later today. Hey Ron, are we still planning on getting clucked up later? So you know, just, just it's just fun to say. So, uh, all right, I believe you. I I still probably will not do that, just based off the the past uh, experience that I've had with that restaurant. But I think maybe it was a little easier because I'd never had the past experience because I I wouldn't go there because of the rat thing, and it was literally closed down because I haven't the been there thing. since the rat thing either. And I so. refuse. I still refuse to go. So yeah. Um, my next say hello is to the Jordan Love era. We're here, Luke. Yeah. How are you excited? I'm excited. Um, I, I'm a little mixed on it. I, I think we we dabbled in it with the draft episode a little bit because that was literally immediately after Rogers got traded that we recorded that. So, um, we did talk a little bit about the beginning of the Jordan Love era. And uh, I I don't know. I, you keep saying he's got zip, which I believe he, he I think he has zip. That's not the issue for me. The issue is the turnovers. Um, that was his issue at Utah State. Um, he had a very similar stat line to Anthony Richardson. So and play a tough schedule in the Mountain West. Keep that in mind. Uh, 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 all right. Um, I, hey hey, we do we we did develop a former. Mountain West stud at receiver a few years ago. So after taking him under the wing for a few years, he didn't, he wasn't a star right away. It took him, you know, four or five years to become that star. And that was Devontae. Far from a star, actually, if you will. Yeah, he was, he was actually terrible. I I wanted him off the team at one point. So, I mean, Jordan Love, he's been under the wing of Rodgers for three years, stress-free pretty, I mean, he's, He's played one game in one quarter, and uh, the Carolina Hurricanes just uh, won the series against the Devils. The Devils are eliminated. Damn. So, um, prayers up for Frank tonight. Because um, the Mets lost the series to the Reds, also. So Frank is down bad right now. Um, 
what was I? What was I? Oh, Jordan Love. But yeah, the turnover and, and there's a lot of young receivers right now. We have a very very young receiving core. It's actually, I looked at the uh, the amount of money invested in receivers across the league, receiving cores across the league, and the Packers are last. They have the cheapest receiving core in the entire NFL. So it's a little worrisome when you have a guy trying to prove himself, um, and you also have receivers trying to prove themselves. So not really. You need a veteran somewhere in there. Rodgers was the veteran last year. Um, and Cobb was the veteran also. They're both now Jets. So, And even you could say Lazard was a little bit of a veteran. He's also a Jet. So um, I, I kind of feel like the Packers are the Oakland A's right now and the Jets are the New York Yankees in a little bit of a way and that they just take our stars. So, but, but no one on the Oakland Athletics has zip like Jordan Love. That, so. That's a good point. Well, Matt Olson used to, so did Matt Chapman. But they but, don't uh, play there. And Sean Murphy. They all had zip at one point, so... They all did um, used to play there at the same time. Murphy, Murphy's a brave, right? Yeah, they, they were all A's though, Cam. They were all on the same team. Well, that just leads me into our next say hello, because say hello. No, 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 that's mine. That's mine. That's mine. That's mine. Oh, please, oh my, okay, please. my bad. Please let me have that. My okay. bad. Um, okay, our next say hello. If you're a longtime listener, you'll know that me and Luke are big. What we were. Very big Matt Areza guys, the punter from San Diego State, San Diego State legend, punt god, greatest punter I've ever seen. Um, watching games, which maybe that's gross to admit that watch Mountain West Conference action, but that's neither here nor there. The stuff happens during the college football season. Um, obviously, Matt Areza got caught up in some. Uh, for lack of a better word, rape allegations, Luke, um, if you will. Um, but there was like a 200-page document that just came out that pretty much just shows that he's clean as a whistle. So um, no pun intended. So he's he's good to go. And I it wouldn't shock me if somebody signs him. Um, I would be fine if, you know, Steelers took a – Shot in the dark at him. I mean, they've had some experience with guys like that on their team before. So, um, with allegations and stuff. So, yeah. Uh, we're back to being Matt Areza, guys, as soon as yep. he finds a home. Yep. We're, we're, we're just going to assume that the courts got it right and that nothing happened. Um, because, I mean, that would be better for just everyone involved in the situation because that is a ter- very terrible thing. And if that didn't happen, that would be great. Um, agreed. And yeah, it's a win-win if it didn't happen. So, um, my next kiss it goodbye. Oh yeah. Starting the kiss it goodbye. No, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, I gotta go. I ain't my say. Yeah, hello, exactly. I know. I was stopping myself. Okay. Um, so my, my first say hello is, um, a slew of Dodgers kids. So a few weeks ago when I put this on the list anyway, it was the last week of April and four Dodgers players went on the paternity list. Mookie Betts, um, Evan Phillips, their closer, Bruce Dard Gratterall, um, one of the other bullpen arms, and Max Muncy all went on the paternity list at the same time. The same time. And also at the same time, Chicago Cub Cody Bellinger, who was on Dodgers last year, went on the paternity list. And if you do the math, 
nine months from or roughly nine months from the end of April was the end of July of last year, which if you remember was right around the time that the all-star break took place. The all-star game was at Dodger stadium. These guys probably had a little bit of fun over that, uh, that break. And I think people kind of started putting two and two together when, when five players from that team um, all went on paternity leave at the exact same time. So um, they, they definitely knocked up um, some women that we, yeah, that we, I just did. I just did the math and they went to pound town during the all-star break. So <laughs> yeah. Hashtag pound town. I guess, you know, I guess one thing we can say <laughs> is uh, congrats on the sex. You know, for yeah, uh, yeah. you had your, you know, bring in some new, uh, some new human beings into this world. So, congrats. Yeah, hopefully they're all they're all great fathers. Um, so that, that that was that was a very interesting uh, thing. I I had to put it on there. It had to be mentioned. And my other scenario, which is the one I stopped Cam from earlier, and I actually didn't even realize he had this until I looked at his list. But we both had it. Um, I think he was alluding to this with the Braves. Is that what you were talking about? Yeah. Braves, yeah. So say hello to Gaz. And if you uh, have been on Twitter for the past few weeks, you, you might know who that is. He is the shower food review guy. So he uh, he there, when he takes his morning shower, he uh, he takes a usually a fan-suggested food, and he eats it while he's in the shower. And then he reviews it on Twitter, um, which – is a very interesting concept. He was uh, he, he he made multiple appearances in in our group chat on Twitter, the Senate, and then out of the blue one night, Cam added him as a member of the Senate. He 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 made him, he anointed him as a senator of Twitter, um, and he has fully embraced the role. He's been very active in multiple conversations, um, answered all of our questions about the food reviews, um, gave us a heads up on some of the sponsorships. Um, and partnerships that he's going to do for the shower food. Um, like we've known about the Mr. Beast thing for a while now that he did this morning. And he's also engaged in multiple MLB conversations, which he is a Braves fan, so uh, we're all very jealous of him. But And he's going to a Rays game next Saturday. So if you're going to a Rays game next Saturday, I think it's next Saturday, not this. Yeah, next Saturday, going to a Rays game. So if you're going to go to a Rays game, he'll be there. The shower food review guy, and he's the—he's actually the first person in the history of Twitter to reach sixty thousand followers. So shout out to him for that. Should and, we can uh, we clap it up for him? Yeah, yeah, we'll clap it up for him. That's all right. Big achievement. First yeah. ever, too. Yeah, first first person in the history of Twitter. Not even the owner of Twitter, Elon Musk, has sixty thousand nope. followers. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's I. I added, like Luke said, I added them. I guess it's been about a week. It's been a fun week in the Senate. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, he's, he, like Luke said, he contributes to conversation. He'll sometimes even start conversation. Um, I really like having Gaz in the Senate. Um, and the Senate is a chat that we've had since middle school. So, what, six years now? Um, so, yeah. wow. in fact, I had my Twitter anniversary a couple of days ago, my eighth. Twitter anniversary. So that's, so I've long. seen some shit on Twitter, which is, that's just how it is. So been in the uh, woods too long. <laughs> I've been in there for so long, the trenches of Twitter, but I love that <laughs> app. So, um, but yeah, we, we love Gaz and 
hopefully he'll stick around in the Senate. So he's a better member than MMG is. MMG uh, oh, way better. He's he's made some appearances in the chat. MMG has, but um, it's been a while. I, I think he just kind of muted time. us. So yep. yeah, yeah. So yeah, to say the least. That's All my stand right. Yeah. Um, my first kiss at goodbye is to my community college. Um, I am leaving my current school and I will be enrolling at Mizzou next year. So kissing, I was able to, we both like me and Luke just said, we finished finals this week. And so, yeah, transferring away from the community college. It was, uh, it's not a bad school. It just wasn't, wasn't the environment for me, Luke. Very mundane. It was much like uh, high too school. Much like high school. Yeah. Too too much like high school, except there was no fun, no fun <laughs> and chaos of high school. You know, you know, just the everyday, you know, chaos of high school. Yeah. That just didn't. It wasn't there at ECC. So it was just very mundane. And um, you know, I just figured. Uh, I mean, there were some other factors that went into it as well. That more on a personal level, but. Um, it was just like, man, if I don't really like it, uh, then I probably shouldn't actually just go there. Um, so yeah. 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 That makes sense. So I, I second that kind of Mizzou. I am, I am not leaving my community college. I still have a semester left that I'll be finishing up in the fall, but I am done for the semester. So summer is officially here. We're kicking it off. I actually, I kicked it off last night, but, um, so it's, it's, uh, it's here. (laughs) It's here and it is long for about oh, over three months. I forget we have uh, we actually have a longer summer break now that we're in college. So yes. this is uh, this is cool. I can't wait. Yeah, summer is 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 very cool. Um, and we're also kissing goodbye Henry Ruggs for a while. Um, he signs a long term contract with Folsom Prison. Shout out Johnny Cash. Um. His ass is gone for like at least a, th- a three-year deal with the possibility of up to ten years. Yeah. So he's, yeah, he's never playing in the NFL again. Yep, he's we'll gone. He's yeah. so, three years. He's he's already been out <laughs> of the league for over a year now. <laughs> Could you imagine that? I I no, I can't imagine. I that. can't That'd imagine. No, yeah, I can't. All right, and Luke's got one kiss of goodbye. Yeah, this is a weird one. Uh, Goodbye to Parkinson's disease soon. So I I did read an article about Michael J. Fox who has Parkinson's, and he's created a company that has done extensive research on the disease, and they had a major breakthrough, and they pretty much discovered uh, where it comes from. I can't remember where it is now, but it has something to do with with your mom. Basically, they discovered the origin of it and – I think they might have discovered a way on how to potentially stop it or prevent it from happening. So um, we may soon have a vaccine for Parkinson's disease, which would save a lot of lives. So that would be very cool. And yeah, that is, uh, that's the show schedule NFL schedule released tonight. So um, if you haven't, I think we're going to retweet this tweet um, that the NFL research account put out because it's a very beautiful grid if you like spreadsheets, if you like Excel, you're going to like this because it, it's very nice and laid out, shows everything, has the highlights of primetime games and stuff. Um, so we'll retweet that. But, yeah, the schedule released tonight. 
very important thing for the NFL. They, they just they just show up every now and then and just do something that takes over they, the world. They just own our lives, Luke. Yep, pretty they much. Will, pretty much. So I'm um, okay with that. Yeah, and that is that's the show. It was great to be back this week, Cam. Yeah, it was. It was. It's been a long time. It's been over two weeks since we've recorded, and about three weeks since we've done a normal show. So we may have some guests um, lined up to come on soon. Yeah. In, the, in the coming weeks, um, we'll try to stay consistent with the show throughout the summer. But just bear with us. Make sure you follow the Twitter for updates all the time and and highlights from the show um, at Show Me Show Pod on Twitter. And uh, I guess we'll see you guys next week for episode sixty-one. Yeah. All right. Have a great one.